Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Monday, October 14th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'm expecting this to be a lightly listened to episode, given the trend of uh, when Michigan State loses, the podcast suffers greatly. <laughs> you guys just, people just don't want to listen. Um, maybe it'll be a little bit different because uh, this feels different. This um, feels a little bit more uh, like there's something extra up with this. It's not a typical... Arizona State version of Michigan State kind of laying an egg, losing a game that they uh, they should not lose, and you know that whole run around and then they win a couple in a row and everyone forgets about it, right? That's sort of the the historical track record with Mark D'Antonio, the occasional egg laying followed by run, followed by whatever big games late in the season. Now this one feels a little bit different, so. Uh, we got some things to talk about on today's show. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about what happened Saturday. Won't dwell on it a ton. We're going to talk about where things sort of stand right now. Again, which is always fun. Love doing that twice in a row, having to take the pulse of everything. We'll talk about a tweet I had uh, over the weekend about the uh, the potential end of the Mark D'Antonio era and where all that stands right now. And we'll just kind of go from there. That'll be the the plan for today's show. Uh, just as a, I don't know, not a warning. What's like a warning, but a good warning. Um, whatever it is, a good warning, a heads up. There you go. Just a heads up. We're not going to do all football this week. Definitely not. Um, not going to misery muck our way through a uh, a full week of football stuff when we got a bye week here and there's a lot of good stuff to talk about with the basketball team so we, this is a perfect time to start greasing the wheels we are two weeks out of basketball season so later in the week we will talk about basketball we'll talk about some other things as well maybe do a hockey show yeah a little hockey preview action uh Michigan State hockey team just opened the weekend, and we don't do a ton of hockey here, but I thought uh, with this bye week, it's kind of a good timing to maybe bring in some hockey guests to talk about that team a little bit. So it won't all be football this week. It won't be all just doom and gloom. Let's talk about how crappy this season uh, has gone so far, but we got to do some of it, right? It's medicine. Got to take it. Got to do it. So we're going to do it right now. Okay. Um, what is the best way to describe what happened Saturday? I saw a tweet the middle of the week from Chris Fleek of the bear ESPN's the bear. He's on college game day, does picks, uh, Stanford's even the bear podcast, really sharp, better, really sharp college football mind tweeted something out. Uh, I'm not going to go dig it up, but it was basically excluding 2016. The last 11 times or 10 times Michigan State had lost a game by double digits. Um, it, yeah, that's what it was. 11 times 
Michigan State had lost by double digits. They won 10 of the next 11. And the lone loss was the field goal loss to Nebraska last season when things were just off the rails by that point. So, Michigan State hasn't gotten blown out in back-to-back weeks in a long time. And that uh, that little streak is now over. Um, and it sort of just falls in line with the idea that something's just kind of up this season. Something is a little bit off. And I have plenty of thoughts on that. I will get to them. But first, I want to tell you about my viewing experience Saturday just real quickly uh, because I think it's a, a nice encapsulation. So right now at my home, uh, I have a dog who is aging. She is wonderful, uh, but she's getting up there in age. And with that, anyone who is a pet owner who's had a, a pet get older, sometimes they go through little phases. Sometimes they're just, you know, lackadaisical. Sometimes I'm not going to, you know, they're not going to eat for a day. Sometimes they'll just pick at their food. They just sort of, you know, they're aging, right? It's a, she's a senior dog. She's aging. Well, one of the lovely things that has sort of come with this, you know, in phases is that sometimes she's just like, you know what? I don't feel like going outside to use the bathroom anymore. Like, okay. You do you. <laughs> and it sucks. And, um, it, you know, it just, it happens. You pick it up, whatever. You try to move on. But we kind of, uh, my wife and I, reached a little bit of a point where we're like, you know what? Things have been all right here. We kind of got stuff under control. We got some spots we'd love to clean up. You know, not anything major. You know, we've got a little spot here on this carpet. This this corner of this room, this rug needs to get done. Let's, uh, you know, instead of getting a professional carpet cleaner, let's just, you know, we'll go to Meyer and we'll rent one of those rug doctor vacuum things and we'll you know, we'll take care of it ourselves. It's not, you know, not a major thing. Just got to do it. Let's get it out of the way. Whenever we got a couple hours, let's do that. Let's get it out of the way. So with that in mind, the time in which I chose to do that was about mid third quarter on Saturday. Um, I'm not one to turn off games a ton. I really, I, I think I watched when I was able to, I mean, I'm working, I sort of, you know, cover the team, I, I watch the team, talk about the team, write about the team for content, so I got to do, you know, watch it to some extent. You know, 2016 was probably the last time where I was just like, I don't even have any interest in looking at this anymore, uh, until Saturday. Yeah, third quarter is coming to an end, my wife's like, you know, uh, after the game, you would you you know mind go picking up that thing and then we can get started on cleaning the, the cleaning up the carpets. Like you know what, I'll do it right now. So I, instead of watching Michigan State play football, instead of watching Michigan State play against Wisconsin, big game, one of the biggest games of the year, I drove to Meyer, rented a vacuum cleaner, a carpet vacuum cleaner. And I cleaned up poop and pee from carpets and rugs in my house for hours. 
instead of watching Michigan State play football. That's that's kind of where I'm at with this team right now. And that's not great because, well, <laughs> for the obvious reasons. Um, but the overarching thing, the thing that I think is not just with me, but with a lot of people and something that is not ideal is the apathy is starting to set in. And when the apathy sets in, that's when it goes because there's happiness, there's anger. Uh, happiness is, is good for obvious reasons. Things are going well. You're happy. When a fan base is angry, that's, that's not great, but it's okay because you know what? They care. They are fired up. They're still passionate. They are expecting better things. They're demanding better things. They are still invested in this team. When that goes away, when it switches over to apathy, where you're just like, you know what? I'd rather go vacuum up dog poop than watch this team play football. Then I think there there's a problem setting in there. And we'll see what it looks like when Penn State uh, comes to Spartan Stadium in a couple weeks because that game, Michigan State versus Penn State, 100% of the time should be a lock, stock, guarantee sellout of Spartan Stadium, of Beaver Stadium, Happy Valley, wherever that game is being played, should be an absolute packed house, sellout, crazy crowd. I have this sneaking suspicion that there's going to be some disinterest within the Michigan State fan base uh, when it comes to this Penn State game. And I'll be really interested to see if there are big open patches of seats, if there are a lot of Penn State fans, if Penn State, I mean, they travel, they're undefeated. This is a prime spot for a invasion of opposing fans. And if that happens, and if Michigan State gets waxed again, it's not going to be great. Uh, it could get ugly very, very quickly. Let's uh, put a pin in that right there. I want to talk about why I tweeted that for the first time uh, all year, or really all the last couple of years, I now am finally believing the rumors that Mark D'Antonio is going to be stepping away from the Michigan State football program at the end of this season. So we'll do that here in just a minute. Okay, so I don't think I'm catching anyone off guard by bringing up the idea that there are rumors that Mark D'Antonio will be retiring at the end of the season. Uh, if you, if this is the first time you're hearing that, that's going around. And it's not just message board talk. It's not just um, people hoping for it, although there's been certainly, certainly a lot of that. Um on the off season, I forget who it was. It may have been Bruce Feldman, but it also may have been uh, Stu Mandel at the Athletic. It was someone, a national college football writer, um, was doing an off season preseason mailbag thing, and I think someone was like, "What are some crazy things that are going to happen this year?" And one of the things was he had been hearing that Mark D'Antonio was going to be retiring at the end of the season, and so that's you know been out there since then. There's been a lot of 
scuttlebutt, if you will, that on the recruiting trail, a big negative recruiting tool right now for other schools in the Big Ten schools recruiting against Michigan State is that, hey, you know, Mark D'Antonio is going to be gone uh, after this season. That's been used as a negative recruiting tool, I've heard. I obviously don't know. I'm not sitting in on these things. It's just, again, rumors, different people saying different things that, you know, that has been something that is used uh, in negative recruiting. I've had people uh, reach out to me, sometimes unsolicited, just saying, hey, I'm, I heard this. I heard this from somebody. Um, this is going on. This is what's whatever. Like, you know, it's not, I, <laughs> it's not directly sourced. It's not stuff that I would ever report. I'm not reporting this. Um, I would classify it all under sort of rumor-ish hearsay, perhaps decent information, but nothing that's been vetted. Nobody's done reporting on this, although it, it could certainly happen in the next couple of weeks. We'll see um, if any of the, the beat reporters uh, are digging through this or trying to report on it. That's not exactly what I do. I sort of cover the team, um, but as it relates to Michigan State football, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist with Michigan State football uh, because I give a lot of opinions and I don't really, you know, follow, I guess, the, the journalistic rules. If I say something, <laughs> like I don't, I just, I'm not searching for scoops. I'm not doing actual physical reporting. I'm just more opinions, entertainment, analysis, fun discussions about football. So it's kind of, there's a separation there. I'm like a you know glorified blogger <laughs> in a way. So I'm not reporting anything as news, but it's just all, again, say it for like the third or fourth time, sort of rumors and hearsay things that I've heard. I know other people in the media have heard these things. I know fans have heard these things. And it's just been, again, a little bit of information here, a little bit of there, just some, oh, this could be the year. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe he's been considering it. Maybe he's like 50-50. Like it's, again, kind of all over the place right now. Nothing is absolutely being reported. Nothing is set in stone. So in this kind of situation, I've always been like, well, maybe I get it. I could see it. Um, I could have seen, honestly, after 2016, him retiring, uh, given how that season went. And I think maybe if they bounced back in 2016 and had gone back to the playoff and lost again in the final four, that really could have been it. Because, But because they sort of, well, not sort of, because they bottomed out, um, D'Antonio's not a guy who wants to leave the program. He really cares about the program he's built here, the legacy. He doesn't want to leave it in that sort of state of disarray. And then so you kind of hop back on the saddle and, and jump back in. And so for the last couple of years, I've thought this was something that could happen this season coming into this offseason. You know, the likelihood of it uh, seemed more plausible to me, but I still wasn't all in yet. He still seemed um, engaged, passionate, caring about it, really wanted to get another ring. You could tell uh, in this offseason felt really good about this group has a lot of guys that have been around the program for a while and have been leaders for a while, the bocce, Lewerke, Willikas types. And, you know, he just seemed still really into it, but also at the same time, I could sort of see like, okay, 
it would make sense if this was the last season. The way the coaching stuff was handled in the offseason, that would sort of make sense with this. Uh, like I just said, the group that is leaving after this year, going to the NFL, graduating this year, that would make sense with it. And sort of that last real good shot with a with a real experienced team that he's been around for a while. Last good shot to sort of win the Big Ten, get a, get a chance to win the Big Ten with a group that's been in, you know, in the program for all that sort of last class, if you will. So at the beginning of the season and the offseason, it made a little bit of sense, although I wasn't totally buying it. Um, and I think as the season's kind of worn on, you know, you kind of feel it a little bit more. Uh, I've heard recently in the last, within the last couple of weeks, just random unsolicited, unsolicited from people that uh, it could definitely be in play. And then it just feels different at times this year, doesn't it? Um, and that's something that I keep coming back to. And that's something that is uh, is why I tweeted out after the game that this is the first time that I've actually really fully believed that this would be the last season for D'Antonio because it's not that he's mailing it in or anything like that, but the edge just seems gone, doesn't it? Or at least severely diminished. And there was almost, you know, gosh, that fake punt against Wisconsin. You saw it for a, a second. The flurry, it was back. It was there, but it couldn't, like it was a spark, but it couldn't reignite everything. That was, on Saturday, was one of the most listless, lifeless, um, disappointing, sleepy efforts I can ever remember from a Mark D'Antonio team. And all the ones that really compare to it are like, oh yeah, in 2013 they slept walk against Purdue because Purdue was 1-9 and and Michigan State was 9-1 and and they had to play whatever, Michigan the next week or something like that, right? Trap game against a terrible team, noon kick and BTN. Yeah, they only won by 14. They should have won by 30, right? Those are the games that Michigan State teams would uh, stumble their toe a little bit, sleepwalk into Tulsa to start the season this year, you know, hang around teams that they shouldn't really be hanging around with. That was the, the Michigan State sleepwalk. Rare, if ever, was the time when they would show up to a massive game and just completely lay an utter disgraceful and total egg. And this one, the Wisconsin one, was just flat, embarrassing, um, something you don't see with Antonio. One of, I mean, that's the worst loss of his entire career in terms of just beatdown proportions. Um, it's like the same score as the Alabama game, but that was Alabama, not Wisconsin with Jack Cohn playing quarterback. Um, that was based on level of destruction and opponent, the worst beatdown Mark D'Antonio's Michigan State teams have ever faced. And so that is jarring. And for it to happen a one week after they looked absolutely terrible, played super, super sloppy against Ohio State and got dump trucked in that game, for that to happen two times in a row, when I look at that, when I look at the debacle at the end of the Arizona State game, 
mismanaging the clock because of lack of preparation, because of just getting caught in the moment frustration. When I look at the sloppiness uh, of this team, the lack of discipline, the lack of um, proper technique in simple things, the lack of fundamentals, whether it's tackling, catching the football, footwork, whatever. When I look at all that, the totality of that, the rumors, the pretty credible people writing stuff about it in the offseason, the talk on the recruiting trail, the huge downturn in recruiting this season right now that's going on with this this 2020 class. When I look at all of that and I take into account the off-the-field stuff, the Blackwell lawsuit, the deposition that D'Antonio is going to face at the end of the season, um, when I take into account the fact he had a heart attack. Nine years ago, he had a heart attack after a game. When I take that all into account, his kids are growing up now. They're adults. He's moving to retirement age. He's mid-60s. Been at this a long time. Career wins record at Michigan State. Coached his 200th college football game as a head coach this last weekend. When I look at all that, take all that into the equation, add it all up, I really do believe that this is going to be the last season of Mark D'Antonio's time at Michigan State. I think he retires at the end of the season. And I reserve the right to uh, change that if different news comes out. Of course, this is just an opinion, but I think it's a very informed and educated one. And again, I'm not reporting anything for the 100 millionth time. I'm not reporting that D'Antonio's retiring, but I think he does. I'm right now just 100% convinced that his time uh, at Michigan State will be coming to an end this season at the end of the season. So what does that mean? Potentially, what does it mean? We'll talk about it here in just a minute. Okay, so what I want to do with this last segment is approach the hypothetical of of this being Mark D'Antonio's last season from a standpoint that I think is kind of being under-discussed right now. Um, It's really not being discussed at all. I'm going to write about it later today. It might already be up, depending on what time you listen to this. Um, But I think there's a massive issue happening all over the entirety of Michigan State athletics, whether it is administration, fan bases, whatever, the entirety of, we'll just limit it to the football program and the people in charge of it. There seems to be among all these groups, uh, a large section of people who are not willing to accept the idea that the Mark D'Antonio era at Michigan State football is coming to an end. Whether it is at the end of the season, whether it's at the end of the next season, Maybe even the year after that, although I highly doubt it. Given the current trajectory of things, it just doesn't seem terribly likely. But either way, um, it's it's winding down. It, it is. Um, it started a long time ago. Like <laughs> been coach here for this is thirteenth season. Um, 
that doesn't happen a lot in college football. It's an incredible uh, tribute to him and the program that he's been able to put that together. Uh, but it, it's a very clear trajectory. It was a build, 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 build. And 2013, 14, 15, it hit its peak. And it was a really wonderful three-year stretch. There were some great seasons before that, certainly. 2011, 2010 were both really uh, nice seasons, really great the last couple of years with the Kirk Cousins era. You got the, um, sorry, 2008 season. <laughs> Once I get like before 2010, things just sort of uh, scrambled together. Uh, but there were good seasons there, and then it all peaked. You know, you go 36 and 5 over three years, one of the best programs in all of college football. Um, and then at that point, once Michigan State sort of hit that peak, attempted to cash in uh, finally on the recruiting trail with that, it doesn't work out. And it's been kind of uh, a sort of weird, slow decline. Some ups, certainly some up and like it's been up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But like the downs have been bigger and it's just, it's, it's kind of a roller coaster, right? It's an up to 2015 is the peak and then it's come back down and that's just where we're at right now. And whether that roller coaster ends right now, or we're just riding out the last little bit of the downslope, it's coming to an end. I don't <laughs> like this season, they're four and three. Um, they could in theory get to, to 10 wins with the nine win regular season in a bowl win. I would say that's unlikely. I, I think seven or eight wins is kind of right around where they finish. And that's back-to-back years of that uh, with everything that is leaving from this team in the in the offseason, all the graduation, all the players that will be headed off to the next level. Uh, it's very easy to see this team taking another step back next year, having to replace a three-year quarterback um, and pushing to, to be a bowl team next year. And I just, the, the point of all that to say all that is I don't see a, a, another peak coming back up. I don't see another run anywhere in the immediate future, uh, especially when you look at a recruiting class that looks like it's going to finish somewhere in the 40-ish range, much lower than even a, a D'Antonio class, which are typically lower ranked recruits, but still solid, still decent, still some really good players. Uh, this class coming in looks low even compared to low standards, and there just doesn't seem to be an immediate uptick in wins on the horizon. Another team that is sort of capable of building and pushing towards a Big Ten championship. It seems like it's a, it'd be like three years out at best at this point with good development and some young players uh, really growing and stepping up. Some of the guys that are freshmen and sophomores right now becoming really good players by their junior and senior season. Um, and all that is to say that when there's this inability to acknowledge the end, then I think it makes the transition to the next phase way more difficult, way sloppier than it should be there. It seems crazy to me that this, the, the idea of D'Antonio retiring, the idea of his tenure ending is like a, some sort of sacrilegious thing that you, 
for some people, not for everyone, that you just can't even bring up. <sighs> Come on, like, he's been the coach for 13 years. He's in his mid-60s. He has money put away. He's been making very good money for a while, doesn't need the money anymore, can retire very comfortably. He and his family, his kids, set for life. They're good. Would you keep working? Would you keep going to this stressful job? 365 days a year takes you away from your family. Your kids are growing up. You've been a, a Division One head football coach for the last 16 years. Like, what is... I understand coaches are different. They're wired different. They're competition-aholics. But, like, the, the facts of this situation are Mark D'Antonio's in his mid-60s. He's been doing this for a long time. He's had great success. It is trending downward. It's getting worse. It's becoming probably less fun. He's made a ton of money. He's had major, major, major life-scaring health issues before. He had a heart attack. He had to miss and step away from the team because he had a heart attack, and that was nine years ago. I don't know if he's healthy right now or what, but like, that's got to be something that is like once that happens in your life, like on your yearly physical, we're checking, <laughs> we're checking the signs. Like, that's not just something like ah, yeah, just like, I'm sure it was just a fluke. Like that plays into this stuff, and it just seems absolutely insane to me that the idea that he would retire at the end of this season or next season. It's just like, no, 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 D'Antonio's going to be here forever. He's going to be here for the next 10 years. Like, no, he's not. He's just not. That's not how this works. And it just feels like when it happens, if it happens at the end of the season, it just feels like uh, so many people in so many places that shouldn't be are going to be completely blindsided. And it honestly feels like the athletic director will be completely blindsided by this. I don't know if he would be or not. It just feels that way. It just feels like the D'Antonio era is coming to an end and nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows how to react, how to talk about it, how to acknowledge it. It's like this huge elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about unless you're an angry fan demanding it. That's the only people I've seen is angry fans demanding that D'Antonio retire and nobody's going to listen to them. They're angry fans. You know that. If Even if you are one of those people who's doing that, no one's going to listen to like that. You're just like, ah, you're just an angry fan. You won't feel that way in a week. And yeah, maybe there's some truth to that because you're angry, emotional after a loss. You're like, okay, I'm just done with this. D'Antonio's got to go. This is crap, whatever. That sort of thing, right? We all know we've heard someone say something like that. We've seen someone tweet like that, and we're just... You know, sometimes you even say it and you're like, you know what? I was probably dumb of me to say. I, that was stupid of me to tweet. Whatever. I, don't, I mean, maybe he should retire. I don't really know. Like, whatever. The point is that the idea of D'Antonio retiring has mostly existed in the emotional sphere right now, right? It has existed in driven by rage in this emotional sphere where it is only brought up it is only used, expressed, whatever, thrown out into the universe 
as an emotional response by angry fans. Really, that's that's it. And I think it's time, and I think it's totally appropriate and normal for it to enter the rational discussion, to enter the discussion rationally, not just emotionally. People are going to keep tossing it out there emotionally without really thinking about it. But I think it's time that we as a collective, the administration, everyone within this program who cares about this program, rationally discuss whether it's in a private meeting, like, right, Bill Beekman's not going to come out and be like, D'Antonio's probably going to retire, so here's what we're going to do. No, you're not doing that, but maybe you bring in your associate AD and you say, all right, we need to have a game plan here. What is, say Mark D'Antonio walks into my office tomorrow and says, I'm resigning. What do we do? What is our immediate first move? That stuff has to start being discussed at that level. I think the media needs to discuss it as well. I think the fans need to, like, like it just needs to be a thing that we ex- acknowledge. Because if we don't talk about it, if we act like it's never going to happen, act like it doesn't going to exist, then we're going to do, collectively, a shitty job transitioning into the next era. Why do you think so many of these things don't go well? Why do you think coaches who leave great legacies, who end up leaving a program that they've been at for 15 years for whatever reason, why do you think oftentimes it just bottoms out and just goes like crap? Because nobody's ready. Nobody is friggin' like people are pushing people out the door without a plan. People are getting mad and coaching searches are done poorly. A good list of candidates isn't gone through. It's rushed. You're racing because USC fired their coach and Florida's firing their coach and Mississippi fired their coach. Penn State fired their coach and freaking Virginia Tech's fired their coach and crap. Now UCLA fired their coach and there's 19 programs and we're racing with all these programs to try to get these people into hire. And like, uh, it's a, it's a big, important decision. It needs to be something that when it is time to enact the decision, when it is time to embark on setting the foundation for the next era of Michigan State football, that you are ready to go, that you are steps ahead of the other coaches, of the other programs, that you are locked in and you have a plan and you execute it. That never happens and it doesn't happen, especially when you're transitioning away from an all-time coach. And that's what Mark D'Antonio is. He's the second greatest coach in program history, the greatest coach in the modern era of this program, and will be very, very fondly remembered, very deservingly so. Will forever be etched into the history of Michigan State athletics. And that is hard to transition out of, and it's even harder when you won't even acknowledge that the idea potentially exists. And we need to start having that discussion more rationally. It can't just be angry fans calling for D'Antonio to resign at the end of the season and one radio gas bag who just has been screaming about everything since 2006. So when he finally has something, maybe we should actually listen to. We don't really listen to it because he's always screaming. So that's not a shot at him. It's just his style. 
it's like the boy who cried wolf, right? Like, oh, that's actually a really good thing. We should listen to him. Like, well, no, he's kind of doing it in the same tone and tenor. He's done everything. Sorry. I shouldn't take shots at other people like that. But he's literally the only one I've heard talking about this. And he's doing it in the same tone and tenor that he talks about everything. So people aren't reacting to it as if it means anything. We need to start edging in that direction. And it's a good, healthy discussion to have because whether it's at the end of the season or the end of next season, uh, I think it's pretty clear that we're on the downslope of the D'Antonio era. And if we don't have a plan to move on to the next era, to transition to the next coach, to the transition to the next block of Michigan State football, that the chances, if we don't have this discussion, if it's not something that is in the minds of all of us, then that just increases the chances it's going to go poorly. And nobody wants that, right? Nobody wants uh, all this whatever goodwill that has been built up. Uh, The program has a little bit of prestige left to it. Still a program that draws national respect, whether we like to uh, acknowledge that or not. You know, they go 7-6 and and they're ranked 16th or whatever in the preseason poll. That's a national respect that's earning the benefit of the doubt. The program's got it right now. Thanks to D'Antonio and... That sort of stuff matters when you're going to be transitioning uh, and it'll help you do it right. But if you botch it, throw it all away, have someone go three and nine, four and eight, four and eight over three years, then you're really right back to where you were before you hired Mark D'Antonio. And uh, I don't think anybody wants to do that. I don't think there's any Michigan State fans out there clamoring for the days when a seven win season was, hey, pretty good. Pretty good season. We got seven there. Went to a bowl game and won it. Pretty good. I don't think anyone wants to go back to that. So, I don't know. There's just a uh, refusal to acknowledge that uh, it is a potential thing that could be very real. And I think it's time to acknowledge that. I think it's time to publicly talk about the idea that this could be the end of the D'Antonio era at the end of the season. And if it's not at the end of the season, that is going to be coming pretty damn soon. And we got to start getting ready for it. All right. Long show. Appreciate you bearing with me. think it's an important segment there at the end. Kind of went on a little bit longer than I thought, but had a lot I wanted to talk about. And, you know, I'll have some more expanded thoughts on that in the written piece as well. It'll be at spartanswire.usatoday.com. Maybe up by now, depending on when you listen to this, we'll see. It's something that I'm just kind of working on. So look for that for sure. Uh, Also have up there at some point, either today or tomorrow, a half season, halfway point kind of progress report. An honest one is kind of the, the theme of that. I think, I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll talk more about it and maybe talk more about it on tomorrow's show. But I think uh, it's good to sort of take a good, hard, honest look at some things here uh, with this team as we're seven games through the season. So that'll be up SpartansWire.usatoday.com. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. We'll be back tomorrow. Probably a little bit more football tomorrow. I think Sheehan's going to come on. Um, and then I think after that, for the rest of the week, we'll, we'll kind of dip our, we're not dipping our toes into, you you can't dip your toe out of something. We're going to 
pull our toe out of the the football pool that we've been dipped in for the last two months. That makes no sense. We're not going to talk about football. That's that's it. that's what we're going to do. We're just going to stop talking about football for the rest of this week after tomorrow, and then we'll pick it back up kind of midweek next week, getting ready for the uh, the old Penn State game. So that's going to do it for today's show. We'll see you tomorrow. Hope you will join us then.